Hey everyone, this is a Faithfully Radical podcast where we're going to teach and equip families on the authority of God's Word. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, thanks for sitting back down here on another episode of a Faithfully Radical podcast. This is Timothy Carey, the founder and CEO of Faithfully Radical Ministries. This is your first time joining us on an episode. I want to thank you for joining us. I I hope you find this helpful and that it helps you in your walk with Christ and in your life to walk faithfully um, and to live out your faith every single day. That's our goal with these podcasts, to cover topics that that we all have to face every single day, that we have to face internally, externally, at the home, in the workplace, with the family, and our hope, our prayer is that this this meets your needs, that this meets you in a way that challenges you, that makes you think about what's going on in life, what you're going to do, how to live biblically in everyday life. Um, as you can probably hear in my voice, I have a cold right now, so <laughs> I ask that you bear with me. Um, uh, if you follow us on Facebook or anything, You'll know um, this is our first episode in about a month. Uh, a couple weeks back, I was down at a conference in Kentucky at the Ark Encounter, um, a conference called Answering Atheists, put on by Answers in Genesis. It was a wonderful time down there. I have some pictures on on the Facebook page and on my personal Facebook page you can look through. It was a great time getting equipped um, to help lead people to Christ and to um, equip ourselves so that we can help guide others to Christ. And that was just a great time. Um, throughout this month, we've had terrible sickness through our houses. Um, we have pink eye, ear infections, upper rep- respiratory infections. Uh, right after I got back, I was finally feeling better after everything. And then I got hit with a cold. So I've been down with that for a little bit now. Um, so if you hear me go away to cough or something like that, I'm sorry. I hope I hope you bear with me through it. Um, we wanted to. I definitely wanted to sit down and talk to you guys again. Uh, can't believe it's already been a month um, doing it biweekly. When we miss an episode like that, it's it's tough. You know, I, I definitely want to be able to reach you guys and talk to you guys and interact with you guys in this way. And this is one of my favorite ways to do it. Um, a quick thing before we dive into our topic. Um, I wanted to share with you that this year we are again going to focus on Orphan and Stand Sunday. Um, these are a couple of great, great events going on. Um, the actual day of them is the second Sunday in November. So this year they will fall on November 10th. Um, Orphan Sunday and Stand Sunday are uh, related are related events. Uh, orphan obviously is appealing to caring for orphans in 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 the community and globally, uh, and stand is for kids in the foster care system, uh, globally and and locally. Um, we know that God is deeply invested in the plight of the orphan and 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 in those in foster care, as we can see in Deuteronomy ten eight and Psalm sixty eight five and six. And he calls us to share this passion and to bring each child the love of Jesus Christ in both word and deed. So before we dive into our topic, I'm gonna—I just want to uh, show you or let you guys hear a quick 
PSA over Orphan and Stand Sunday. If if you're part of an organization, your family wants to be involved, you want to get your church involved, reach out. I personally am the regional coordinator for Northwest Indiana. Um, we just got all the resources in. So reach out to me. We can organize events from small to large, whether it be a couple minutes to whole sermons um, or whole messages about Orphan and Stand Sunday. So without further ado, let's play right into that. Every year, Christians around the world celebrate Orphan Sunday. God said that we should care for orphans, and ordinary Christians just like you and me can do a lot. You can help by planning your own event for the second Sunday in November. It can be big or small, the whole church service, or a simple prayer meeting. Whatever you do, you'll be joining with the thousands of events in churches and homes around the world on Orphan Sunday. There's lots of resources available to help you plan. Go to OrphanSunday.org for videos and suggestions for what you, your church and family, can do to celebrate Orphan Sunday. Go to OrphanSunday.org. It's such a powerful day and such a powerful message for us to get across, for us to come alongside these these kids that are really and truly in need and right here at our back door. Um, so yeah, if, if you know of anyone who wants to get involved, if you yourself want to get involved, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, all right, let's go ahead and dive on in. A question that's come up quite a bit, or a response that's come up quite a bit, especially um, in the life groups that we lead or after some of our podcast episodes like Family Study and Devotions and Standing on the Bible is a lot of people's biggest issue that I see and that I hear about nowadays is um, that they just don't have the time. Pardon me. Sorry. There's one of those little coughs for you. <laughs> um, a, a, a lot of what people I think struggle with today is that we're so busy. There's so much going on between spouses, kids, families, work, all the gambit of things that we feel like we don't have the time to actually sit down and dive into God's word, to dig deeper into these relationships, to have a healthy prayer life, a healthy study into the word, to take on some of these extra classes that dig you deeper into into God's word, into your relationship with Christ and how we're supposed to live that out. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. What does it look like? How do we make that time? And and why is it important? Why why is there this disconnect between what we're doing in our everyday life and us being able to finally sit down and spend a bit of time reading our Bibles, reading our devotionals, praying to God, not not just every so often or when we think about it, but every single day. You know, we look at scripture, people like Daniel, who was going off in private and actually sitting on his knees and praying three times a day. Uh, how do we get back to that? And why are we not there now? And I think in a lot of ways, um, and we've talked about this before, but there's a difference between living culturally, living for the world, and living biblically, living for the Lord. And I think that's the biggest problem that we run into in today's culture, is that we are so drilled in to live culturally, that we have to be uh, locked into what everyone else is doing. And there's so many distractions. There's so uh, much else going on. We have so many other things that we worry about that end up taking importance over what we're called to do in the Bible. 
And that's, I think that's the biggest issue. And that's something I want to look at here and kind of tackle so that we can, at the end of the day, say, today I glorified the Lord. Today was spent for the Lord. And not only just doing that one day, but living our lives out completely that way. That every day we go to bed and know, today I glorified God in the best way I possibly could in all the ways that we were called to do. Um, And I think that's the biggest issue. I think we have our priorities in reverse. We spend all of this time, you know, 40 plus hours a week at work. um, And then we come home and we're trying to do sports with our kids. We're trying to do classes. We're trying to do, um, you know, make time for our spouses. And none of these things are inherently bad. Not at all. And I, I want to make sure that we're clear on that. That's not what I'm trying to say. You know, you guys know that my wife Jess is working usually 72 to 96 hours a week. And, you know, I'm at home with the kids and working on ministry stuff. And it's not that these things are are inherently bad. It's how we prioritize our time and what we put as the most important things in our lives. You know, there's there's great quotes out there that people say all the time, you know, give me give me your checkbook and your calendar if you have a checkbook. Show me show me your bank statements and your calendar and I'll show you where your priorities lie. And that's the root of it. We have to see that when we're spending all of our time on these earthly models, on these earthly traditions, on these culturally acceptable ideals that most of the time, what ends up taking a backseat first is our relationship with God, is our relationship uh, with Christ and our study of the word and living out our faith every single day. Most of us, and I get it, we're trying to make it through. You know, we we spend all week at work, we come home, we're exhausted, and it's all we can do to sit down and talk to our wives, talk to our husbands, spend time with the kids. And then by the time the weekend hits, we're just totally spent. And um, it's so critical that we prioritize spending time in the word and spending time with God, because that is what our first calling actually is. Um, Not that it's not important to provide for your family and to take care of your home and, and to build up these relationships with your family. That's obviously super important, but it all has to be grounded on this foundation of living for God, of, of, of living out your life at work with your family, with your spouse, with your kids in your neighborhood, with your community, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, it needs to be built on this foundation of Jesus Christ. Um, it can't be that we are going to church on Sundays and then the other six days of the week, we're living earthly lives. We're told in scripture that we have to be, um, that we have to be, um, oh my word, I just lost, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> We're told in the word that we, we can't live for earthly things. We can't live our lives following these earthly traditions. It all has to be built on the foundations of God. And not that the position that you're working or anything like that, that's all happening on earth, but it needs to come with a kingdom mindset. It's not that those need to be done first and then every so often maybe you can squeeze in a devotion for the day or maybe you could squeeze in your Bible reading. It needs to be the exact opposite. Um, You need to make time for everything else after you've made sure you're doing your due diligence with your relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, We look at certain points in in biblical, in, in scripture 
where, you know, Jesus in John 14, 6 says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that may seem like a weird verse to point out, but when we look at he's the way, the truth, and the life, that means there's no other way. There's no other truth and there's no other life that you can possibly ever live. If we're focusing on earthly ideals, earthly standards, on making sure that we are the most comfortable, that we are the most secure, that we are... um you know, gaining this wealth, that we make sure we have money and savings, that we make sure we have a big house, that we make sure we have a few cars, that we make sure all these things before we're actually consulting God about it, before we're actually making sure our relationship with him is the best it can be, then we're, we're, we're missing the point. We're messing up our priorities. We have to make sure that he comes first. Um, we see in Acts four twelve, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no under name, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's the important thing about keeping a kingdom mindset. We need to remember that we are eternal beings, we are eternal creatures, and after we die and perish in this life, our lives are still going to go on. We're going to die and meet God. And he's going to talk to, and we're going to have to answer for the things that we've done. If we spend our entire lives not prioritizing him and not making him the focus and the aspect of every single thing we do and making sure our relationship with him is nourished and taken care of, then we're, we're going to miss it. And, that, and that's the truth. We're, we're not going to be able to sit here and go to him and say, you know, well, I had to make sure my family was secure and I had to make sure that, you know, we had a big enough house for everything that we were doing. No, that's, that's not going to be it at all because we aren't told that believing in God, believing in Christ and following him, that we're going to have these wonderful, secure, joyous lives and he's going to provide everything that you desire for yourself. No, we're told in scripture that he's going to meet our needs and that we shouldn't worry about what the next day brings, that we need to live for him and follow him. And if we do that, he'll make sure those needs are met. And they're not always going to be met in the ways that we want, um, because the ways that we want are going to be earthly things, and that's not what we're living for. We're living for a kingdom mindset. We see in Matthew six thirty three, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Everything that we need to do needs to go to God first. We can't go to work, we can't go to our family, and then try and fit him in at the end of the day or anything like that, he needs to be first consulted with all aspects of your life. And maybe that's going to mean giving up some things. Maybe that's going to mean giving up jobs, giving up time, giving up promotions, whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, we're not supposed to be living for money. We're not supposed to be living for comfort. We're not called to hunker down and make sure we're as secure and safe as possible. And then maybe consult God. We're told to consult God in whichever way he leads us, whether it be into poverty or wealth, whether it be into a, a nice home or into homelessness, whether it be into a beautiful life or into death. We need to follow him into that. Because as we read in John three thirty six, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. And whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Uh, we also see in... in um, Oh, pardon me. Matthew 4:19, and he said to them, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." We are called to live out our faith in every aspect of our lives. Our first and foremost calling is to follow Jesus Christ. Um people people tend to think that that verse 
Um, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, you know, talking about going out into the world, making disciples, spreading the glory in the name of Jesus Christ, that that, that that's just a calling for maybe preachers or pastors or ministry leaders or the people who specifically have a calling for that. But we don't see any evidence of that in the scriptures. That was a general command to all who will believe and follow in Jesus Christ, that it is our main mission and goal to make his name known and make him glorified among all nations. Um, it's, it's not that you fit these things in or squeeze them in as you whatever, watch reality TV or scroll social media or, you know, work 80 hours a week or anything like that. That's to be first and foremost your priority. Because we see then in Mark, he says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That's that's our that's our only goal. Our goal is to tell others about Jesus Christ, to to um help equip them and to let them know his name and the saving work he did for us on the cross. Um, One of the best verses on this, I think, is in Romans. And Romans is just an incredible book anyway. If you are thinking about doing a Bible study or you haven't spent much time in the Word or anything like that, Romans is a great book to go through, Paul's letter to the Romans, because it discusses so much of how we're supposed to live as followers of Jesus Christ. And it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, And it makes you think, you know, we spend, what, 40 to, I don't know, 100, maybe more hours a week at work, um, several hours with our kids at sports practice. Um, you know, all this time watching Netflix, watching reality shows. And again, like I said at the beginning, there's nothing inherently bad about any of those. But could you imagine what your life would be like if you spent 40 to 100 hours a week uh, studying the Word of God, living in prayer, um, speaking to Him? And I'm not saying quit your, you know, quit your job and spend all this time doing that, but you have to think, what would my life actually look like if I spent the the majority of my time being in prayer of thinking about how I'm going to glorify God. How am I going to reach these people at the office for Jesus Christ? Um, are my kids, are my kids being edified? Are they being taught and, and getting closer to Jesus by doing these sports? Is he even factored in to their extracurricular activities or into their school life? Are we making sure our foundation, our basis is Jesus Christ and everything else we do is built on top of that? That's the goal that we're looking at doing here. Um, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He's meant to be at the forefront of every single thing we do. Every single thing. We can't just shut down after church and go to work and, and push through. Your ministry is your entire life. And make no mistake, if the Holy Spirit has entered your life and changed your heart, that you say you are saved by Jesus Christ, you know him to be your Lord and Savior, everything you do, everything you touch, every person you speak to, all of it is meant to be with the love of Jesus Christ, with his name on your lips for those who need to hear it. We need to be teaching our children um, and ourselves that this is the foundation that we're set on. He's not a nice additive to life. He's not this this divine butler that you only go to when you need things. We need to remember that 
we're only here on Earth for a very short period of time in the grand scheme of things. We're going to spend eternity in heaven with our Lord and Savior. And what does that look like? Are you living out every single day to be with him, to live with him? Um, and we see a lot of good practical examples of this in Scripture. Um, I want to point out two for you. Um, so let's look at Luke 10, verses 38 through 42, uh, the story of being in the home of Martha and Mary. Uh, I'll read it through and then we'll talk about it. Uh, starting at verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now they lived in, an, in a unique circumstance because the Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ, had walked into their home and was physically there in his, in his fleshly body. But when we're saved by Jesus Christ, he is with us all of the time. He lives in our hearts and guides our steps. We are filled with the Holy Spirit specifically to point our entire lives to him. And when we spend all of our time busy and worried and we're thinking about, I got to clean the house and I, I have to pick up this overtime at work so I'm not going to be able to do my Bible study. I'm not going to be able to make it to church. I'm not going to be able to think about God or study my Savior today, that's the reverse of what we're supposed to do. As he says, you are worried about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. These things of our lives will take care of themselves. And like I said, maybe not in the way you thought, maybe not in the way you planned, but that's where we need to trust in God. When we sit at his feet and listen to his word and and praise him and worship him as the first and foremost things we do, all other stuff will follow. It won't matter that your dishes aren't done that day. You're going to get to him. It won't matter that you have a pile of laundry to do. He's giving you the grace and the strength to take care of the things he knows you need to take care of. It doesn't matter if you are, are thinking about picking up that overtime shift. What you need to first do is consult the Lord, sit at his feet, and dutifully listen to what he's telling you. Worry is not meant for us as kingdom-minded people. It's not we are not meant to think about or concern ourselves with the the minute details of day to day. God will take care of that. And I'm not saying don't do it. You know, don't leave a pile of laundry. Don't leave a pile of dishes. But when it's getting to the point where it's worrying you, when it's concerning you, when you are like Martha distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, Christ is sitting there telling you, no, come sit at my feet and I will give you the grace and strength to take care of this today if you would only love me and seek after me first. There's another one I want to look at in Mark, um, which is a, you know, a fairly popular one that we um, talk about, and it's the the rich man in the kingdom of God. And I'll read through this. It's Mark 10, 17 through 31. Um, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to to inherit eternal life? 
Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false false testimony. You shall not defraud and honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lacked, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to inherit the kingdom of God? Now, I'm not saying you have to be rich to get this. I, I am not. You know, I we are not wealthy people over here. But the point of all this is that what's your stumbling block? What are you taking care of? What do we hold on to that the Lord may be calling us to let go of to fulfill his will? Sometimes, and actually pretty much all of the time, what we see, especially pointed out in this passage of scripture, is that the thing that the Lord is calling you to give up, the thing that he is saying you are focusing on over me, is something we're really uncomfortable with giving up. It's something that we are holding on to because it brings us security or wealth or, um, I don't know, a sense of of comfort. And so we really need to take stock of what we have, what we have going on in our lives, and say, where is our stumbling block? What is causing us to say, I just don't have the time to spend with God today. I just don't have the time to spend studying the word or praying to Jesus or building that relationship with him. We must do everything to the glory of God. Um, and, and, And some of these things that we're uncomfortable with giving up, we're going to see they cause trials because we think we need to have all the comfort and security in the world, but that was never what we were called to do. We see in James 1 verses 2 and four, two through 4, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing." And I think this is the point of what people need to consider when they, when their their first response off their lips is, I, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time to do this. Well, what we're called in scripture to see is that this is our main priority. This is the sole focus of what we're entirely supposed to live for. It's supposed to encompass our entire life. We're not supposed to look like the world. We're not supposed to talk like the world. We're not supposed to act like the world. We're not supposed to be involved in the things that the world is involved in. We are supposed to live with a kingdom mindset. All things we do need to point back to Jesus Christ. So the big issue when we think, I I just don't have the time. I don't have the time to do this. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. Well, what's your stumbling block? What's getting in the way of that? And what you need to prayerfully consider is that it's going to be something that is really hard to let go of. And it may be something as small as your reality TV, your binge watching on Netflix, your novels, or um, spending time doing other things that aren't that. Or it may be something as big as, listen, you need to downsize your life of material possessions, let up a little on your work so that you're not spending 100 hours there, and you need to you need to get the time to spend time with God and make everything else secondary. Your first priority is to say, I'm devoted to Jesus Christ and I'm going to point everything to him. And then with that as your foundation, you build the framework for the house of your life on how do I do that? 
What does my job look like when I'm pointing others to Christ? What does my family life look like when I'm pointing others to Christ? What does my recreation time look like when I'm pointing others to Christ? We have this inherent fleshly sinful nature that says, oh no, we need to live for the world. We need to answer to culture. We need to keep up with following the Kardashians on Instagram. We need to work 80 hours a week so we have thousands, millions, whatever amount of money in our bank account. We need to make sure we're secure first and then go to the Lord. That's not trusting in God at all. And that's what we need to realize. When we are putting these things as priorities over our relationship with God, we're saying, you're great and I love you, God, and thank you for everything you've done for me on the cross, but I'm going to make sure that I'm in control. And then at the end of the day, if I have time, I'll read a couple verses or I'll look at a, a little bit of scripture. But that's the entire that's the entirely opposite thing of what we're of what we're supposed to do. <clears throat> One of the best verses I, I think for this, and it's actually my life verse. This is what I try and live my entire life by. It's it's two um, Romans fourteen verses seven and eight. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We need to remember that all of our lives are meant to be sacrificed to Christ. We are told in Scripture to take up our cross daily, to walk with him, to follow him. So what does that look like? What's your stumbling block? We need to remember that it's not about getting ahead. It's not about getting the best promotion. It's not about having the biggest house, the nicest car. It's all about living for your Lord, caring for his people as he would, and doing it all to the glory of him. So that's what I want you to consider through all of this. What are we doing Who are we living for? Are we living for earthly treasures? Are we stocking up earthly treasures? Because you're not going to be able to take it with you. Or are you sacrificing your time with your Lord and Savior who died on the cross to save your sins? Are you sacrificing that for earthly comforts? For, For security? For earthly things like money, status, cars, houses? When we're paying attention to all those things before God, we're saying, God, we have it handled. We are the master of our own destiny. That's not the case. He knew you before he knit you together in the womb. He has named every hair on your head. He has them numbered. The Lord and creator of your life knows you more than you could ever hope to know yourself. So isn't it our duty, our goal in life to know him? just as well, to know what the scriptures say so that we may live a righteous life under him. So I want you to think about that as we go into the next couple weeks. Think about what's your stumbling block? Where do you say, you know what, I just don't have the time? And where do you need to ax something out of your life so that You're spending your time, first and foremost, living for and glorifying God. And then everything else that falls after that, that's where you need to be saying, you know what, maybe I just don't have the time for these earthly things because I'm spending it living for my Savior. I hope that's helpful for you guys. We really... um, We really need to discover and pray over what our stumbling blocks are and what stumbling blocks we're putting in front of others, too. Are we leading people to Christ? Are we leaving, leading ourselves to Christ? Are we leading our families to Christ? Or are we showing that what's most important in this world 
is is the wealth and status of of this earthly kingdom that will fall away that we won't get to experience even that much longer our lives on this planet are but a blink of an eye what are you going to have to answer for when you stand in front of the judge on the day of your death or on judgment day i hope i hope this is helpful for you guys i hope it gives you something to think about and to consider um, how, how we are supposed to live our lives in a Christ-centered sort of way, how we're supposed to understand what we're meant to do. Um, I love you guys. I pray that everything out there is going well for you. Um, it, if you like what you hear, go ahead and hit subscribe, share it with your friends. Uh, we really want to help reach people with how to live out your faith every single day. Um, that's one of our main goals here at Faithfully Radical Ministries. If you live in the Northwest Indiana area, follow or or even or even um, nationally or globally, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, we're doing outreach work. We're we're trying to help out our brothers and sisters in need where, where and meet them where they're at. Um, so follow us for some more updates on that. Or if you wanna if you wanna volunteer to help with some of our projects up here, we would love to have you. We love coming around and living out our mission, which is sharing the love of Christ through outreach and fellowship. I hope it's touched you guys. I I hope this is helpful. Um, and we love you. Please please pray for us, and we will pray for you. Thanks. <laughs>